Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We're so happy that you've joined us for Revving the Word today. Have you heard about our freedom party, our virtual freedom party coming your way September 25th? We are so excited to announce Rev on the Air, where we will be celebrating you as we look back on what God has done through 10 years of Revelation Wellness. Rev on the Air is our virtual freedom party packed full of free training for your body, mind, and spirit. You're going to have the opportunity to experience a brand new Revelation fitness workout, biblical mind-body teachings, and hear incredible stories of how Revelation Wellness is changing lives because of you. Consider Rev on the Air a virtual version of our Rev on the Road Freedom Party. And if you've had the opportunity to join us for one of these in-person events, you know that you will not want to miss the contagious joy and freedom you will experience. We're going to be streaming live from our website on Saturday, September 25th from 11 a.m., to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope that you will come and celebrate the goodness of God over the past 10 years of Revelation Wellness and find out how you can be part of the next 10. You can head over to our website to add a reminder to your calendar and the link is in your show notes. So now let's get started with our main event for today, a Revving the Word episode. We can't wait to do this in community with you, and we hope we see you at Rev on the Air. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Take some deep breaths. Make some audible noise with your breath. Okay, so today we are going to be continuing our sweaty Bible study on the topic of God's kingdom. We did one before, so if you missed part one, go back and listen to it. Just really feel a burning desire for all of us to know where we belong and who we belong to. (laughs) That when Paul says we've been bought at a price, it's so that we could belong once again to God and His kingdom. Remember, the, the word kingdom just means like a Actually, Webster's definition is an area of sphere or influ- in which one person holds a preeminent position or a paramount position, an area or sphere in which one holds a paramount position. This means that God is paramount. It's God we serve. It's God we love. It's God we belong to. 
It's God who rules. It's God who reigns. <laughs> Do we understand? You, everyone is serving a king in a kingdom. Everyone you've ever met is serving a king and their kingdom. We're, this is just part of DNA design. Some people are serving themselves as the king or the queen, and it's their kingdom. When it was always God we were made for, we were made for a theocracy. So I'm not going to review uh, part one. Please listen to it because this so matters, and I'm positive it's going to give you such hope. And the hope for me is it changes the way we look at the world. Changes the way we think of ourselves in the world. What we are here for. Who we are. Because everybody with breath will have to reckon with the question, who am I and what am I living for? Everyone. So in part one, we established, you know, what is God's kingdom? What is a kingdom? And what does it mean to belong to, to God's kingdom? So it's kind of the big flyby. And our verse that we have been, that we'll keep continuing to come back to, is from John 18 starts in verse 33. This is when Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate. He is hours away from the whole purpose for which he came. It's crucifixion. And he's being questioned by Pilate. Now, remember, our king, Jesus, at any time, he could have called the whole thing off. At any time, he had the power, he had the right he had the ability man we could even think he had the reason but for the joy set before him he endured the cross so our verse again so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him are you the king of the Jews Jesus answered do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief Pilate, uh, priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, here it is. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Think about those words. Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of the world. And my kingdom is not from the world. Jesus is pointing to something greater 
than what we know. Now in your body, come on. The good things are starting to happen now. Take some breath as you move. Feel your feet in your shoes. Take a look around. Associate to this moment. Don't disassociate. A lot of people use their movement to disassociate. Associate. Be in this moment. Notice you are being supported by something far greater than your bone structure and your muscles. Have gratitude. So God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Enter thus. Enter into us, Lord, with your word. Change us according to your word. You are worthy of honor and praise. You are the reason we want to be healthy and whole. You. And God, we repent of making it more important that we fit into a pair of jeans. More important what other people think than you, King Jesus. You, King. Teach us what it means to belong to you and your world that is not of this one. Help us to let go, surrender, soften, slacken, let down, to be filled up and lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about what is the kingdom, context for belonging to it. Today, we're just going to focus on who is our king, right? Just recently, we, we had an election here in the United States where we voted in a new king, president. Same thing, someone who has ultimate paramount authority so most of us we paid attention we know who is our president we did our homework we studied and we gave it our best shot for our land problem is here challenges not problem so many people have so many different agendas. We were made for a theocracy. The rulership of one divine person. One divine being, being God, ruling over us. On a scale of one to 10, be a seven to an eight. Five was when you pressed play. Because you're moving on purpose. Anything over a five 
You're moving on purpose. For a purpose. Now I would ask him to challenge you. Is your purpose for you? What's your highest reason for being here? Be honest, it's okay. It's my hope <laughs> that you would be here <laughs> to yoke up, because there is a yoke. But the one you're yoked to for the work of today is King Jesus. I'm gonna challenge you right now. Just see him with you. Moving, squatting, running, walking, hiking, with you. But this king came to make a way to restore the reign and the rule, dominion of his kingdom. And it's not a fairy tale, guys. That's what I'm hoping to get through to you. It is a reality. God's kingdom is a reality. And it's as close as your hand, as close as your breath. I love it. I like to think of it. It's the unseen world, right? Pull back if you need to. The kingdom of God is an unseen world. And everything we see in this world is a shadow, a reflection of God's glory. But it isn't His glory. His glory is in God alone. Right? So it's an unseen kingdom. Your body is great. Something you can see. Great. Know your body. Pay attention to how you hold your face when you're in a meeting. <sighs> Honestly, people are paying attention. They're looking at you and they're looking for a sign. We read each other all day long. Body languages and cues to what we can see and really what it does. What we see is an invitation or a rejection of whether we will come closer to somebody or whether we'll keep them at arm's distance. If they look scary, unapproachable, angry, bitter, hard, we will keep them at arm's distance. We'll be a little suspicious of their motives. But if we can see past that, <laughs> we and the Holy, we need the Holy Spirit for that. We can see past the rough exterior, the judgment of what's on the outside. We can move closer to the inside of somebody. For example, 
this weekend, my husband and I were at a, uh, an establishment considering to purchase something we've been talking about, praying about, and there's a salesman. And the salesman walked out. You know, you all know what salesmen, especially in, this isn't like we were buying a pair of shoes. This is a little more costly. So we were getting some information. And this guy walks out and he is covered in tattoos. But more than that, he just looked scary, intense. And he wasn't very friendly. He was very matter-of-factly. Big guy, too. Like, he works out at the gym, religiously. So it was just his presence was like, whoa, okay. And me being me, I'm pretty informed on it just people's eyes, the way they look at someone, the way they hold posture. Um, if they're holding any type of uh, fight, flight, freeze, they live maybe in a panic mode. And I'm just, and I could be totally wrong, right? I'm just looking at them and I could sense there's a wall between him and other people in a way. So have fun, everyone. Move up towards Nate again. So we still had a you know, conversation now. He's clearly the salesman and we are the possible purchaser. My husband's so great as a part-time police officer. He can really get in and talk to anyone. I mean, he's used to the rough and burly kind. So they started talking and I'm just observing. Then at one point, my husband's like, I like your tattoos, man. <laughs> and then the guy lifts his shirt. He's like, oh, thanks. And he shows him. And I notice his tattoos are all about Jesus. What? <laughs> and get this. Simon goes, what's on that arm? And he lifts up his shoulder. And he's like, oh, this is Jesus on the horse in Revelation. My heart skipped a beat, so did Simon's. Simon rolls up his right shoulder too. Shows the guy the exact same tattoo. Jesus on a horse, revelation. It was so cool. They, and the whole, guy's whole demeanor changed. Softened. Before we left that place, Simon and him were BFFs. <laughs> That's an example. Here's the cool thing. He chose, when that, because that guy has chosen to make the unseen seen, boom. Come near. Come on in, let's talk, right? So how we carry ourselves is either inviting people, come close, or stay away. Now, good thing for this guy, he had tattoos, okay, come close. 
Let me tell you about Jesus. So who is our king? Hold and aid, everyone. Let's remember this. Our king was and is. Was and is, right? He's not dead. This is who he was then. It's who he is today. He's a humble king. He's a faithful king. He's a peace, a king of peace. He's a compassionate king. He's a joyful king. He's a patient. Ooh, can I get an amen? He's a patient king. Basically, all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When you read your Bible, it's about God. Read to know your King. It's His theocracy. You belong to His kingdom. It's not of this world. Pull back. Come back to a seven. Good. Right? Now, if he's the king, you are his child. We are each his child. Royal ambassadors, emissaries, and nobility. Everyone. Our buddy in the, in the shop with the tattoos. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ belongs now to his kingdom they are adopted in children and that's it that's it once you're adopted boom everything that belongs to the father as king is now stewarded to you now you don't have ultimate authority he does he does. But he's asking you to distribute these resources and blessings to the people. Take care of them. That's why you didn't earn it. You were just born into it. Remember that. You didn't earn it. Just born into it. The moment you put your faith in Jesus. feet move and meditate on your king and his kingdom to which you belong but to belong to a royal priesthood
Yeah. Do you get it? You are here to bring more of his kingdom to earth. Holy Spirit, open us up. Crack us open. Remind us what we're really here for. If you want to push a little more, go ahead. Play it safe. And don't partner with the spirit of stupid. Joy. God's kingdom runs on the fuel of joy. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. See what he's saying? All your fights and arguments, it's because you're arguing over the wrong kingdom. You're contending for something here on earth that you won't have. Come on. Contend for your nature, for your praise, for your heart to be free to worship God. Well done. Pull back a bit. Well done. Be a steady seven. We have a couple more songs after this one. Be here. Get in your breath, get in your shoes. Yep, feel your shoulders. Are you clenching your jaw? Come on, fix your face. Fix your face. Okay, so a little side note, history about a kingdom. Monarchies, I guess is really what I want to talk about. Because you belong to a monarchy. Mono, one. One king. A king of oneness. So how kingdoms started here on earth is really cool started in the ninth century with a form of government called feudalism. Everyone say feudalism. Okay, now get this. It happened because individuals, people like you and me, wealthy people, not all, but some, right? Because not everyone, what is it, 1% of people, 10% of people hold 90% of the world's wealth. Come on. This is why Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is required. 
So these individuals, they would purchase vast amounts of land. They'd own a lot of land, right? Because really, if you think about it, land is really the thing the world is made of. If you want to own the world, own land. This is my land. Private property. I've got rights because this is my land. So these individuals would purchase vast amounts of land and guess what they would be called? Lords. Lords is why you'd hear David or Moses say, talk to ordinary people and say, my Lord, Lords. Yeah, and here's the deal. They would amass so much wealth, power, and land that they needed help, right? <laughs> Prophet Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. Well, now I got all this land. What am I gonna do? I can't be in all these places at one time. So they would give some of the land away to people called vassals. Vassals, I love that word. And they would, when I say give it away, these people would watch over the land. They didn't own it, but they were kind of like, think about in our government, you got the presidents, right? And he, he's king of the whole land, president, the king of the United States. Well, then what do we have next? Governors. They're like vassals over their state, right? And then you have senators. And then we have mayors, right? It's smaller and smaller, from big to small. All of them are vassals. Every person is a vassal. Why? Because God owns the world. He's the wealthy one. He's the one with much power and wealth that he stewards what he has to us as vassals. People who watch the land while remaining subservient to the Lord. Now get this, when these vassals died, the land would be passed down to their children. Their children did not have to apply for the job. It stayed in the family. stayed in the family what's crazy did you know today in some places you can buy a title you can buy a royal title a thousand to seventy five thousand dollars you can buy the title Lord so many of us are doing this we're buying our titles Come on, cooling down everyone. But our king, you gotta take your crown off. Put it at his feet, King Jesus. We're going to reign and rule under his lordship. Then we have to humble ourselves, just like Jesus humbled himself. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. It's time.
titled the humility of Jesus. Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You want to be king? You want to be the vassal of your land that God's given you? I just say, you can't go any further until you are realizing you are constantly mastering this trait of your king whom you serve because you're just a vassal. He's humble. Humble. The humble. When they want to puff up, when they want their way, they soften. They slacken. They bow. Why would I bow so others might be first? Jesus did not have to bow. He did not have to take death on a cross. But he could see the will of the Father. This was the only way. And I love it. We even see, speaking of our King's faithfulness in Luke 22, Jesus' faithfulness to his Father, to his call. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was faithful to the job, even if he didn't like it. You get this? Jesus did not skip to the cross. He had hesitation in him to the point that he sweat blood. It's an actual condition called hematohydrosis. You can actually sweat blood if you are that stressed out. And what is stress? Stress is the presence of a force that's opposing another. Your faith, your belief, and your unbelief are wrestling. Stay faithful. Humble yourself. Y'all, Right now, I'm just telling you, because I want you to have the keys to the kingdom. I want you to hold your authority. Get better at humility. Man, I'm in a season where I'm just like, dying again. (laughs) More death. (laughs) I am not the same woman I was 25 years ago. Oh, goodness. The humility, the teachability. You know what? And I think that's the benefit of when you have no, you've had no good earthly role model. Nobody in this kingdom on the earth has really modeled to you what you need. Then you're willing to follow God. It's when we find resources outside of God 
that we're willing to say this is good enough. Shoot. Come on, guys. If you can't take it with you when you go, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Eternity's a long time. So humble yourself. The gospel tells us our king, Jesus, was so humble that he did not count equality with God, something to be grasped even though he was. He laid his title down. He took his crown off. And then the world gives him a crown of thorns and mocks him. The irony, he was king. And I love that God was so kind that it says that a sign was hung over him that said, King of the Jews. And people did it in mocking. (laughs) And guess what? He was. So even God, King of this theocracy, made sure you're all going to know this. He went to the point of death on a cross and he was king. Could you go any lower to be called any higher? That's my question for you. Could you go any lower? to be called higher. Your king is humble. Our king reigns like a servant he's not here for himself and that's a kingdom shift can I get an amen are you here moving your body for yourself and just slapping a Jesus bumper sticker on your body repent we've all done it repent reset humility he's king he's king in everything you do how is what I'm doing increasing the love of God in me and in the earth it's a good question to ask I'm starting to ask that with everything I teach how does this lift the love of God up not love of self because the world is loud with the love of self. And that's humility. Only the humble person can keep pointing to Jesus. Jesus, I must decrease, he must increase. I must lose followers so he gains them. And you stay faithful to that call. Even if you don't like it, it's not your preference. Not my will, but yours be done. Your king is also the peace. He is peace. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting father, prince of peace. And I love this last line of the increase of his government. Do you get this? Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This is why I need you to know this kingdom and you've got to live like Jesus, like belonging to this kingdom because of its government. Its increase will never end. And it may not look like it right now, but remember, you don't walk by faith. You or walk by sight. You walk by faith. I think we're all living in a time where we feel like, oh gosh, we're getting slaughtered out there. Don't you believe a thing of the increase of his dominion, his reign, his rule, and his peace. There will be no end. Now remember, Jesus, he's not a peacekeeper. He's a peacemaker. Peacemaker. This is why Jesus can say, I did not come to make peace the way you think I should. I got a sword. <laughs> and I am not afraid to use it properly. The sword is the word of God, not his fist. sword. Keep pouring yourself over the word of God. It's your sword and it makes peace. It brings peace to you, peace to others, even if it doesn't look like it. Hold your peace. I'm convinced people who hold peace, they have great power. They don't wield it around willy-nilly cut people's ears off with swords. And Jesus, your king is compassionate. He went through all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Hear that? The gospel of God's kingdom. Healing every disease and every affliction. By the way, that's the sign that the kingdoms come near. These miracles, things are happening that shouldn't happen. That's <laughs> why people wanted to make him king. Because he was multiplying food and fish. Make him king. And he's going about proclaiming the gospel, healing every disease and affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Our king is compassionate. Everything he's doing right now is because he sees and he knows and he's making a way. And I love, I mean, you guys, again, our king, these are just five, was it one, two, three, five attributes of our king. Meditate on it. Because to belong to his kingdom means this, these are 
These are our, this is etiquette. This is how we operate in his kingdom so we can take care of the land. He's joyful. He's a king of joy. Joy. The joy of our king is our strength. The joy. Joy, remember, joy is not an emotion or passing feeling. Is it as a certainty? It is a state of being. That God is who he is and will do what he said he will do. This is that where we get confidence, confidence, joy. People that are confident in who God is hold their joy. They hold their peace. They don't buy into the lies. They don't play the enemy's game of this kingdom. They know they belong to something that will bring peace. The joy of Jesus says in Luke 10, 17, the 72 disciples returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name, right? They're ruling under his kingship. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yeah, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that your spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, verse 21, in that same hour, he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, right? That's the world's king. This kingdom wants more wisdom and more understanding. The kingdom of the earth. And Jesus says, yeah, you hid those things from those people, but you revealed them. You revealed the hidden things to the little children. Jesus had joy because his disciples were getting it. And he rejoiced. He rejoiced that they were driving out demons and bringing healing. He was rejoicing every time you act in accordance with the king and his kingship and his lordship and his dominion and his reign and his rules. Every time you do it, heaven laughs. Heaven throws its head back wide open with their doors of joy. They enjoy seeing you get it and hold it and keep it and steward it. They enjoy your faithfulness. I love it. Jesus rejoiced. This is what he came for. He got a glimpse of it on earth. They're getting it. They're getting it. Okay, I think I can go to the cross. They're going to get this. And this is why Jesus' high priestly prayers, God, make them one. Whatever little bits of glimpse people have seen here with me, do it through them. And your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way, God. This is your king. This is your king. Humble, faithful, peace, compassionate, joyful, and patient. 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 Thank you, God, for this message. I thank you. We could talk about you all day. I could talk about you all day. I could listen about you all day, God. But yet we're called to a world where we can bring joy to you today as we act in accordance with your will your government, your, your dominion, your kingdom comes. God, come and have your way in us. 
This is why we lift our head from staring at our bellies or the shape of our thighs. And we lift our head and throw it back in joy over who you are and what you've done. So nothing of this world has a hold on us. In Jesus' name, we break the chains of addiction to food, alcohol, pornography, shopping, acquiring, power, prestige. We break the addiction to self. You are our king. And we enjoy you and we love you. And it's in the name of Jesus we have lived today. We are moving, we are breathing, we are sweating. In his name, amen.